Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 77. John and Wendy talk to Eric Kershot. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How's it going, John? I'm great, Wendy. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. We're getting close to back to school season. That also means back to conference season. It is. I thought I was done for the year in terms of announcements. You know, we've kind of let everybody know what our world tour is going to look like. I have another show to put on the concert shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Tuesday, September 10. I will be speaking now at Charlottesville Sherm here in Virginia. Wow. They reached out to me a couple days ago and said, hey, love to have you come in and speak. And I said, okay, great, because Charlottesville is awesome. It's about an hour from Richmond. Love getting out there. And I know quite a few folks that are associated with that chapter and was very flattered that they thought of me. And if you're in the Charlottesville area and you're listening to the show and you haven't seen us somewhere else, haven't seen me anywhere else this year, come check out Charlottesville Sherm's conference. It'll be a good one. They've got a couple keynotes, one on diversity and one, Wendy, one of our favorite topics on storytelling and nice. getting better at telling your story. Yeah. So hopefully nice. what I'm talking about will dovetail into that. Always enjoy getting out there. It's always fun to be amongst our peers and, like I said, especially with somebody that's close and that I haven't been to their conference before. Mm -hmm. It'd be fun to do that. Never know. Maybe maybe that's the last one. We'll have to wait. (laughs) We're running out of time here. It's September now. Well, it'll be September when it's happening. Enough conference chat. We are going to have plenty of content when it comes to HR Florida. We're probably going to do something with North Dakota Sherm. We got just a lot of good stuff going on. Wendy, I'm really excited about tonight's guest. I had a chance to meet Eric in Vegas as part of Sherm 19. And I have to tell the story very quickly because I was blown away. I was walking to a a session on Sunday afternoon and Eric was speaking and I walked by his room and I saw him and he came out and he said, John. And I said, yeah, Eric. And I was blown away that he took a few minutes to say hello before he got ready to speak to several hundred people. I know he did a great job. I heard wonderful things about that session. It was such a shock (laughs) and a pleasant shock to get a chance to meet him that way. I've gushed enough. I'll let you make the introduction, Wendy, and we'll get going. Super excited to welcome Eric tonight. Eric is the owner of Harmony Insights, LLC, a company that helps coaches, consultants, and organizations benefit from the DISC personality assessment. He is also the founder of HR Hot Seat, an inclusive mastermind community of real HR pros solving HR problems. Eric draws from a broad range of experiences as a corporate HR professional, a public speaker, a career coach, a classical musician, and a proud introvert to inspire others towards meaningful work and productive workplace relationships. Eric, welcome to the show tonight. And our first question is, what's in your glass? (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while. There's currently, I'm sorry to say, nothing in my glass, but I am a a big LaCroix fan. So if I had something in it, it would probably be either a LaCroix if it's before five o'clock or after five o'clock, most likely a craft beer. I'm a big craft beer fan and I've been trying whatever I can get my hands on lately. Any particular favorites style-wise when it comes to the beer? LaCroix too, but... Uh, With LaCroix, I'll go with just about anything. With the craft beer, I am a big fan of sours these days. And I've traditionally you too you too as well yes, wendy i am yeah. very much so i've traditionally stayed away from ipas but i'm trying to get into them through hazies so i'm trying to learn what i can about those but if, if i had to choose i would try something sour or maybe even barrel aged i'm a big fan of the barrel aged stuff well if you ever come this way 
will take you to my favorite brewery. Right now they have a salty raspberry lemon sour on tap, which is just wonderful. And they do some great hazy IPAs as well. Uh, We'll have to get you out here for a little visit. I would love that. When are we going to get sponsored by Eponymous, Wendy? you gotta, you got to set that up. I think I'm working we do, on it. We talk, we talk more about them than any other show, I bet. I bet you dollars to donuts we are. Probably. Probably. Well, Eric, again, so glad to have you with us tonight and know, really know what you've been up to or what kind of what you're doing now. But how exactly did you get your start in human resources and what led you to start Harmony Insights? So I moved to Chicago following college with a few friends and found myself with an apartment and needed to pay for that apartment. So I went to uh, a temp agency and they said, well, you know, we we got this uh, gig for you. It's with a place called Levy Restaurants here in town and it's in their HR department. And I didn't know too much about human resources at that point, but I knew I needed a paycheck. So it was just as good as probably about anything else they could have offered me. And I stayed working for Levy for 16 years and um, needless to say, fell in love with HR and specifically how Levy Restaurants was doing HR. I learned just about everything that I could, not only about sports and entertainment food service, which is what Levy does, but how HR can, can really be a true business partner uh, in operations, among other things, and just saw it as a place that I would spend quite a bit of my time until... I had the itch to do something a little bit more entrepreneurial. As many people do, I think I found myself in a place where I was doing a number of things that I was good at and strong at, but really wanted to do more that I was really uniquely passionate about. And of course, there was quite a bit of that at Levy, but I had an idea that what I was passionate about might take me elsewhere. Just the stars aligned and I was in a good place for it. And I decided to go off and do my own thing. I think you're the first story of someone who started at a temp agency that didn't end up working at the temp agency. Um. I think you're right. <laughs> yes, because many of us, that's how we got our start. Yes, working at the agency and not getting placed in HR. So I, I, you have a unique story <laughs> from that perspective. We know you do a lot of work with the DISC assessments. I can't speak for John, but I know that I've done those on a, a couple of occasions, and I always find them interesting. But what is it about this model that resonates so much with you? And what do you think it helps those that take the assessment determine about themselves? I put out there front and center on my LinkedIn profile that I'm a big disc nerd. And I come by by that honestly. Probably shouldn't get as excited talking about personality assessments as I do, but so be it. I'd rather be honest about that. I have experience with other assessments out there and without going into too much detail, disc is something that just right from the very beginning struck me as something very accessible. You know, that I could facilitate conversations around this assessment for people who are looking to connect more effectively with others and put themselves in environments to do their best work. And their eyes would light up, you know, that there would be this buzz around what they were learning and insight at any age and and any stage in their career. And so I kind of clung tightly to it early on and thought there's something here. You know, I really, having been a psychology major, I really wanted to figure out what that was all about and why it seemed to be so empowering to people to get this insight. You know, eventually then led me away from a, a fantastic corporate job, you know, to do my own thing. But I think it comes down to learning what you're capable of and being inspired by how you can connect more meaningfully with other people and communicate in ways that you and your team may never have done in the past. It really is an empowering resource. Eric, let's talk a little bit more about the conversation or communication piece. Like I mentioned earlier, I heard so many great things about your particular presentation 
at Sherm about networking for introverts. And, you know, not everybody, unfortunately, listens to the show has been able to hear you speak or maybe was able to attend that session. Can you talk a little bit more about how you got started with that type of presentation and tips, tricks, things you might advise those folks that haven't been able to hear you before utilize when it comes to networking if they believe they're introverts? Of course. I am, I've long been interested in communication and personality styles. That's why I gravitated toward DISC. And I've long known myself to be an introvert, you know, but for, for some reason, I kept it separate from my professional persona in the sense that I didn't, I didn't talk about it explicitly. You know, people knew me as an introvert. I knew myself as such, but I didn't really incorporate it into what I was speaking about in front of audiences. Until I realized that it's such an important part of who I am. It's part of my identity. It's in my bio <laughs> that you read earlier. And it's because it's, I think it really has, my introversion at least, has helped shape uh, who I am, how I approach relationships and the work that I do in, a, in an important way, certainly for me, but also in a way that will allow me to get in front of others and connect with other people and say, hey, you know, if you find yourself similarly identifying with being introverted in any way. Let's talk about what that means. You know, let's not shy away from that term as as we often do. And rather, let's embrace it and learn those things about us that, that come naturally, those strengths that we bring to networking environments and conversations, for example, that we should be proud of and that really do set us up for success. I'm sorry that I, I missed your session. I, that was one that was um, on my list that I wasn't able to get to. So hopefully someday I'll be able to sit in on it. It sounds fascinating. Let's talk a little bit about HR Hot Seat. Tell us a little bit more about what you do, what it is, why you decided to jump in and do it, and what the response has been. When I was coming out of um, the, the corporate world and realizing that I wanted to stay close to human resources, I was doing a lot of speaking and I was active in various associations and organizations around town. And kind of selfishly, I thought, you know what, I, I want to bring HR folks together on my watch. You know, I want to be the reason that they're getting value from their interaction and put myself in a position to, to build rapport and relationships with them such that over time, if they wanted somebody to come in and speak on disc for their teams, that, that I would be top of mind. And I had been listening to a number of podcasts <laughs> at the time by people who were touting the benefits of mastermind groups. For those who aren't familiar with masterminds, Napoleon Hill talked about masterminds in his book, Think and Grow Rich. Basically, whenever two or more people come together in the spirit of harmony toward a common goal of some sort, you know, a third or mastermind is formed that is stronger and you know, has more potential than the individuals do themselves. And I thought, well, this, this could be a really cool format of problem solving to bring into the HR space. And honestly, my goal was, as I tell it, maybe 10 or 12 people, like a true intimate mastermind group. As it turns out, <laughs> that, that really caught on with people. There was something there that people weren't getting elsewhere. And these days, uh, HR Hot Seat, which is what the mastermind is called, as you mentioned, is almost 1,900 members in five different chapters and growing. So I think we've hit on something special. Wow. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. Now, are those masterminds, that all those chapters, are, are they all local to Chicagoland or is that national or even global at this point? We're working toward global. We are um, three chapters in the Chicago area, which is where we started. I continue to facilitate our downtown Chicago chapter. And then as of November of this past year, 2018, we rebranded. We were originally called the Chicago HR Mastermind. 
and we rebranded because I was in contact with um, small business owners, among others, in other markets that said, hey, I love this format of conversation. Networking opportunities are hard to come by or just kind of stale where we are. Love to convene HR professionals the way that you have done. Currently, we are also in Detroit, Michigan and Greenville, South Carolina. There are a couple others just getting ready to, to launch now uh, over on the West Coast. So I couldn't be more excited about what our potential is to grow in, in the coming months. That is exciting. If you're feeling a need. I, I think that's kind of that becomes the serendipitous moment where you start something because you want it, but you think you might be the only one and suddenly, nope. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> There's all sorts of other people. As one or, or both of you might be able to appreciate as an entrepreneur, you know, or a small business owner at the very least, I had an important decision to make. You know, do I run with this? It's turning into something I hadn't anticipated, or do I shut it down for that very reason? And, you know, every event I have, people come up and are kind enough afterwards to say, you know, congratulations, you've grown something really special here. And I always respond, you know, I, I thank them, but I say, you know, honestly, most days it feels like I'm just trying to to keep up, to evolve with this community right. um, that's that's being very clear with me about what it wants and, and what it needs and how it wants to grow. And I either meet those needs or I disappoint people. So I'm deciding to try to meet those needs. <laughs> Wonderful. I think that's great. Well, Eric, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection. And our first question for you is who was your first professional mentor and what was the most important thing you learned from them? So I had a number, as many of us do, a number of odd jobs over time <laughs> leading up to post, we'll say post-college um, graduation. And I would, in, in thinking about this question, the first person who came to mind, her name is Cindy Noble. And she was someone that I worked for for the vast majority of my time with Levy Restaurants. And she uh, taught me any number of things. I mean, just a laundry list of lessons that I learned in working with her. But I think one of the most important things that I learned from her and, and continue to include in the work that I do today is the value of the human resources function. That we, I almost said they, we should be a true business partner to operations and to others in, in every possible sense. That, you know, while HR, I think traditionally is sort of set aside or, or you know where the policy police and and not necessarily invited into more of a strategic conversation that it was indeed possible for for hr to play that role and to be an integral part of the operation of the organization from a people perspective but from a financial perspective and others i've taken that with me and it, it really has that philosophy has informed so much of how i've approached human resources ever since Eric, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? All right. So this is sort of a, a mutual admiration society sort of response. But I know you previously interviewed Paul Alone, who is the VP of Ops and HR at the Voluntary Action Center of DeKalb. Uh, he was kind enough to reference me in your conversation, and I have to kick it back in his direction. I've met a number of great people over the past year, but Paul really stands out as one of those people who's just uniquely passionate about HR with his blog. Uh, he keeps a blog called The HR Philosopher. I know he was a Sherm 19 blogger. And my conversations with him have just been so inspiring. However people can find Paul alone, I, I would recommend they do so because he has very insightful things to say about our profession. We are big fans as well. And I have to say, I'm highly embarrassed. And Paul, I know you're listening. He didn't tell us we were mispronouncing his last name. 
I just said what yeah. I thought it was, and I heard you. I just heard you say it. Anyway, yes, we're big <laughs> yes, fans we as well, and I love, I, I love what he's putting out there. I had to say that. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Unless I'm the one mispronouncing his last name. Hey, one no, of no, no, one no, of us not. is going to be not. in trouble. <laughs> no, no, you you are pr- pronouncing it correctly, as I found out in Vegas. <laughs> okay, good. good guy either way. However, you pronounce yes, his name. <laughs> Eric, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? I would say one of the larger mistakes I have made, and there have been a handful of them, one of them would be not being intentional about fostering my professional environment when I was happily employed. I loved my job at Levy, as I mentioned, and really at the time didn't see a need to have a LinkedIn presence or to to nurture that professional network. And then there came a time where I needed to have it in place, and I didn't have one. And so, so much of, of what I talk about these days is being intentional about every relationship in your life, but in particular about the professional network that you always do want to have in place. You never know quite when you're going to need it. More importantly, you never know quite when they're going to need you. If I were to travel back in time, I'd say, hey, you know what? You might want to spend a couple minutes on LinkedIn every now and then. It could be (laughs) worthwhile. (laughs) Eric, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? Part of that is through HR Hot Seat. You know, I mentioned initially it was sort of like a a marketing outreach for me to bring people in to let them know that I do DISC and it quickly turned into something else. And I really take advantage of every opportunity through the HR Hot Seat Mastermind community to, to add value where I can. I would say the biggest surprise for me is the joy that I get out of connecting two people and stepping away. If you had told Eric the introvert however many years ago that that's something that I would eventually enjoy doing, I I would have thought you were nuts. These days, if I can connect you with somebody else and step out with no expectation of reciprocity or reward or compensation or any of that, I really get so much out of that. And that's been a fun thing to learn. What's your favorite movie? I'm wondering if you got this response before. I'm going to go with the original Lion King. Ooh. I don't think think we we have. have. I know it's being re-released as I think it's already out in theaters, but I just think that that is a top-notch movie from the animation to the music in it. And that has long been one of my favorites. How about your favorite musician or band? (sighs) Maybe another odd response. I do a bit of singing outside of the work that I do. I'm in a couple of classical choirs and I'm a big fan of acapella music. And there is a band, a number of people have heard of a group called Pentatonix. Have either of you heard of them? Yes. Oh, yes. There's another group that got big off of the same TV show called Home Free. My wife and I saw them recently, and I just these days can't get enough of their arrangements. I mean, they put out some really great stuff on YouTube. I'm a big fan of Home Free. Just five guys, all acapella, and really, really talented. How about a favorite TV show? So This is a funny one. Neither my wife nor I watch too much TV, but one of our favorite traditions is getting up on Sunday morning and watching CBS Sunday Morning. It's very laid back. It's easy to take in. It's a nice sort of reprieve from how crazy the news can get these days. Part of it is the show and part of it is just our tradition of making breakfast and starting our Sundays with CBS Sunday morning. So that that would have to be the show that I would go with. It's a good choice. I haven't watched it in forever. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, when I was a kid, it was the show we would watch getting ready to uh, go to church. That would be on oh, and about get that? ready to go to church. And now I, I can see his face, but I can't remember the name of the guy who was the host way back when. Charles Corralt. Thank you. <laughs> like, ah, what's yep. his name? Yeah. I, and then it was Charles Osgood, yeah. I think, yes. was this. And now it's Jane Pauley. So they've, yeah. there's been some turnover since your days, yes, Wendy, but it's, it's a, 
it's still quite a show. Yeah. Good show. <laughs> Eric, I knew about the music. We had a chance to talk a little bit in Vegas about your singing. And I have to tell you, it's funny you mentioned Pentatonics and Home Free. They were on the sing-off, correct? I believe that. I believe that was the show. Yes. My friend's band was the first band to get kicked off that show. <laughs> really? A band called Face out of Boulder, Colorado. The guy I went to college with is the bass slash vocal percussionist in that group. And of course, they made a really big deal. Hey, you got to watch the show. You got to watch the show. And then they got kicked out first. And I didn't think that was necessarily right. I didn't know if they were going to win, but it was kind of a bummer. I can certainly appreciate that a lot. And you know, having said that, if you're not watching The Lion King, not listening to the acapella music or checking out CBS Sunday morning, what else do you like to do outside of work? As you can imagine, those things keep me pretty busy. <laughs> but <laughs> I mentioned earlier that I, you know, I'm a, a classical musician and I sing with a couple of classical choirs. So quite a bit of my time actually is spent singing. And I've been fortunate enough to sing backup for some artists that have come through Chicago and, and even in some other states. And that really is just outside of the work that I do facilitating conversations and, and facilitating disc workshops, my time spent singing is, is really precious to me. And exploring the world of, I'm going to come back to craft beer. In Illinois, this summer, they, the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild put out a, a passport. And it encourages people to try different breweries, you know, just visit them and try what they have. And for better or for worse, kind of gamifies the experience a little bit. It's meant that I've spent a little bit more this summer than I probably should have, but I have just been able to to find some really fantastic beers and, and meet some great people along the way. I just love the industry. The service industry in particular is something that I miss quite a bit from my Levy days, but I do enjoy craft beers. It's nice to talk with people who love what they do so much. You know, in, in the craft beer world, they love it and they love talking about it. And so I've learned so much hanging out at, our, at the brewery here in town. So I, I can appreciate that, what you're saying. And it, you know what, for me specifically, it pulls community in into perspective in, in a unique way. That's a big word for me. And I, I love the HR community, but this community around craft beer, I did some running for a bit and the community around running and marathons. I mean, it just, it reinforces that people are out there doing so many fantastic things and they have such unique perspectives on life and such varied interests. And it helps to get out of the office once in a while and, and meet these people and and see the world through their eyes and learn what they're passionate about. I really am fueled by that. Yep. A lot of fun. Finally, Eric, if you weren't in the HR profession, what do you think you'd be doing? There was a, uh, a version of me along the way that would have loved to play in the NBA. Now, <laughs> nice. Unfortunately for me, that was not in the cards, but I, I loved basketball growing up. So that was that was one career I had considered. And I've always thought being a professional actor would just be fantastic. I've been lucky enough to be an extra in a few movies. But I just, you know, when you see a movie that really grabs you, that you get all excited about, and you can't help appreciate the performances, I always thought it would be so cool to be the person delivering that performance. And unfortunately, both of those careers have escaped me, but it's allowed me the chance <laughs> to do something that I have fallen in love with. So why not? Eric, we're glad you're not professional basketball player or actor, because if you were, realistically, we wouldn't be talking tonight. And I'm glad that Paul mentioned you. I remember when he first mentioned your name, I was like, I've never heard that guy's name at all. I'd never heard of you. And so you started looking and then, of course, having the opportunity to visit a little more in, in Vegas and having you tonight, it's just been an absolute pleasure. And yes. I know there may be some listeners that don't know you that are going to want to start following you now. What's the best way for them to find you out there on social media? 
usual places, as you can imagine, the two places that I recommend people go to are number one, hrhotseat.com, just to get a sense of what we're doing in that community. It's really special, and I invite anyone and everyone to, to be a part of it, as long as you're up for a, an HR-focused, problem-solving conversation. Harmonyinsights.com is my other home, and that's where you can find uh, links to just about all of the other places that I happen to spend my time. But hrhotseat.com, harmonyinsights.com, those would be the places to find me. And we will put those in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for the listeners to find you? Best way to find me is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the fourth Sunday of each month, you can find me on Twitter, 7 p.m. Eastern uh, for our monthly HR Social Hour Twitter chat. How about you, John? You go to hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Click on the left-hand side of the screen at the top. You'll see three little lines. Open them up. You'll see links to all my social accounts there. And while you're there, if there's an episode you haven't listened to yet, take a listen. Download, rate, review, anything you can do to help boost our signal. We really appreciate Eric, again, appreciate being with us tonight. So for HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back. And network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.